Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. I am thrilled that it is March Madness, and I am fired up that today's guest is none other than Clark Kellogg, the great CBS college basketball analyst. Man, he's been there since like 93-94 season, and, and so, so many tournaments. I mean, ever since I've been watching, Clark Kellogg has been a part of it, and he's still, he's still great on there, and during this interview, you will... Laugh, you will be encouraged, you'll hear a couple great stories and great perspectives. And I have to start off, though, before we we get into it, have you seen the dancing video with Clark Kellogg? If you haven't, I want you to keep listening to the podcast, but then you've got to go watch this video. It's absolutely hilarious. Him dancing with Wally Zerbiak and Seth Davis. And Clark's going to share the whole story about it. But I at least wanted to play the audio. This will not do, do it justice and it'll sound funny, but it'll just give you a teaser to go watch the video. So here we go. The music, but we'll. <laughs> That's Clark Kellogg. He's laughing. <laughs> Wait, which one is Wally? (laughs) How good is that laugh? How good is that laugh? You heard me like one time, I think, once or twice, but for the most part, that was Clark Kellogg laughing. So such a great video, and he's such a great sport. So I ask him about it. You'll enjoy that. We talk faith. We talk life. Uh, It's fantastic. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. And, and so you know Clark from CBS College Basketball. So you, you see him on uh, you know CBS throughout the entire tournament. Um, he also, he was a player himself. He played basketball at Ohio State. He was drafted by the Indiana Pacers, uh, and he's he's a, a husband, father, and, and a wonderful man of God. And we've interviewed him. I think this is his fourth time on Unpacking It, and then I think I interviewed him at least one other time So uh, before I started unpacking it. But anyway, he's great, one of my favorites. Let's jump in. Here you go. It's Clark Kellogg. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
And joining us now on the Unpacking It podcast, one of our favorite guests, CBS college basketball analyst, and now world-famous dancer, Clark <laughs> Kellogg. Clark, it's so good to see you. How are you? I can't complain. I am doing well, better than I deserve, and I'm grateful to be able to talk a little March Madness this year after we weren't able to do so last year. And um, excited to jump on and unpack it a little bit. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to get your thoughts on the fact that we do have a tournament compared to last year, but, but we got to talk about the, the video that went viral, your dancing moves on full display, your laugh on full display. Yeah, what happened? What, what is the story? Hey, it was just so much fun. One, I love those team emojis. Every time they come on, and that was countless times, obviously, throughout a five-day weekend for us to see those little fellas doing their thing, hanging on top of the scoreboard. And, oh, man, I chuckled every single time. So it just kind of happened that um, on occasion I would be in my desk seat and I would dance and move around with them. And ultimately our producer, Tim Weinkoff, said, hey, you guys want to dance with them? And Seth was gung-ho. And then I was a little reticent initially, but then, you know, I said, what? I, I said, it's going to be fun. So I said, I'm in. And then Wally chimed in, and then they decided to do it. And, uh, man, I could not control myself when they showed Because we recorded it before oh, we aired did. it. Yeah, because we had to because the guys are virtual. Those team emojis are virtual. They had to position us Makes to sense. where we could be, like, um, background dancers. And so I was, no, I was the only guy, who, though, who didn't hear the music as we were recording it. I don't, oh. know, what, I don't know what Wally and Seth's excuse is. Because I know I was out of beat because I didn't hear the music. They said they heard it and they were still off beat. So that just, but to me, it really added to the hilarity of it. Because when they unfolded it and showed it, I, you, you guys heard me, obviously. I was, oh my gosh. I lost control. And gut busting laughter is one of God's greatest gifts. And believe me, my wife and I laugh hard every day. I love it. Uh, and in that studio, we laugh hard every day. And then Greg's reaction. Greg's reaction was classic. absolutely classic and priceless. And it's exactly the kind of look I try to get out of him at least once a day. Whether it's with the whether it's with a word I use or whether it's with an explanation I use or whether it's a jab at him. I love to see that furrowed brow, straight man, perturbed pleasantly puzzled look on his face and that was that set that thing off so good and um uh, hey guys i actually I, I went back to my room it takes me a little while there was a game on i think oklahoma state and oregon state were on so i'm kind of watching that and then i pulled it up and i watched <laughs> it and i watched it again and i laughed as hard as i did when i first saw it it was crazy it was so much fun though that was uh, so so much fun Oh, you guys are a good sport about it. And yeah, it just, it was the perfect almost ending to the, the weekend. It's it just kind of a memorable moment for all of us. It was, it was perfect. No, so. it seemed like it was a good fit. I mean, it wasn't planned. It was just one of those spontaneous, serendipitous, special, fun, life-giving moments on, on multiple levels. So it, um, it actually hit all the boxes in a way that we couldn't have forecasted. And it was, um, it was really good. And it was fun. I for us to do it. Yeah, it was great. 
Absolutely. And the fact that you didn't hear the music, oh, that makes it even better. I, I love it. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, of just the, the laughter and, and the joy and the fact that, man, we've got the tournament back this year. And, and I, I was looking it up and I was like, man, you, you've been a part of this tournament since 93, 94. So every year it's, you know, March Madness, it's Clark Kellogg. We, 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 you know, we just expect the tournament to happen. And so to, to, to kind of process and unpack, okay, last year, there it was, it was, it was taken away from us. And now for it to be back, what, what's that experience been like for you? Man, I tell you, having it taken away, canceled last year was um, a real gut shot for all of us, uh, Chris. It was just, um, man, it was just so deflating. And then you had the backdrop, obviously, of the coronavirus running wild across the world and here in the United States and seeing the loss and the challenges and so forth. And it just really um, was a hard time. Uh, what every world you're in, and there are thousands of worlds within the world, what you do and what you enjoy is important to you. It may not rise to the level, level of great importance in the scheme of things, but in your world, what you do and enjoy doing is important to you. When it's taken away, there's a loss. And I didn't realize how much of a loss until Selection Sunday rolled around and there was no revealing of the bracket. There was no interaction with Seth and Greg and the folks that you all don't see that are part of our team, our leaders, all of the folks that are gathered and galvanized around the tournament, which is part of our annual experience up until last year. And for me, it's been two and a half decades, Man. a little more that I've been part of it in some form or fashion and just missing the people and the energy that the tournament gives to us as a network, to fans across the country, to the student athletes participating, to the coaches, to the alumni bases, to those who are sports fans. I mean, that life-giving element and event was pulled out as were many life-giving elements of our lives were pulled out, distorted, disrupted, changed eliminated all of that uh, was part of it and i mourned greatly on selection sunday more so than i thought i would it really caught me by mm. surprise i, I wept um, for the loss of um, that interaction and the event and it took me a full day day plus to um, you know to really embrace the the reality of um, what all was lost because the tournament wasn't going to take place yeah and it's just uh, it's a reminder now this year that man, we did miss it so much, and and so we're just so thankful, and we almost have a new, at least for me, it's a new perspective on the tournament, and and so we're we're embracing it e even more. So yeah, maybe how has your even uh, approach to the tournament this year changed, or or just in, in reflecting now now that it's back? Well, I've always attempted to live a life of gratitude, to mm. always be thankful even in the difficult or uncertain or painful and sorrowful times, I've always sought by faith in God through Christ to be joyful always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances because that's what Paul writes in the, in the scriptures. It's part of being a person of faith who's given his life to God through faith in Christ to embrace the way Jesus walked and, and sought to live. So I've always attempted to do that and continue to grow in that area of being ever present in gratitude. So that's really the overwhelming sense that I have is one of gratefulness, gratitude for what 
in fact, we do have, even in the midst of still um, difficult times, socially difficult, uh, morally difficult, uh, health difficult, racially difficult. I mean, there's just a number of things that are challenging, but life always gives us some of that. So to be able to embrace those things that bring joy and life is still important for us to do in this tournament um, gives us all an injection of that. So I'm extremely grateful. I'm excited as I always am this time of year and maybe a tad more um, grateful and appreciative of what we have this year that we didn't have last year. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. And and so we, we see you, you know, on TV in between games and, and, and post game and all that kind of thing. And, and I'm curious, though, when when the games are, are going on, what is your approach to watching them? Because I know for me, I've got three TVs going on. I'm flipping back and forth trying to, to make it all work. How do you handle it? Are, are, are people interacting with each other? Do you like to just hone in and focus on, on, on you know, kind of your your own thoughts and, and writing notes down? What, what's your approach? Um, I typically tend to focus on the games and make notes for myself. Um, but I'm enjoying the people that are part of our team not just the guys at the desk with me, but those that are part of our team in terms of the camera folks and our audio folks and our producer and director. We're having fun, lighthearted banter. We're enjoying the excitement of the moments, the drama-filled moments that happen. I'm screaming and hollering on occasion. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a potpourri of engagement and activity, and I try to embrace it all while watching the game. And over the years, I've be, been able to to kind of do that uh, at a decent level. But I love the game. I mean, I love watching it. I love seeing how it plays out. I love seeing kids perform under the spotlight that they're under. Love seeing how coaches – I mean, there's so many different parts of it that I really enjoy. Um, but I'm trying to watch the game. And as we get fewer and fewer teams remaining, then you can really hone in, home in on the games more individually, but I'm always trying to find snippets and nuggets. And because of where we sit in our broadcast position, Bryce, I actually can listen to any game I want to just by through the push of a button. So I'll bounce around. Oh, that's cool. Trying to stagger through catching TV timeouts and then getting to game action that's going on and being able to pick up some nuggets from the commentators or a couple of minutes of play and that kind of thing. So I'm pretty active as we're trying to juggle in those first few days. Um, are really tough because there's so many games um, going on the first two days. Um, it was kind of cool this year to have the first four um, be all in one day. But this yeah. was our first time as a CBS studio doing, doing the first four. So uh-huh. it added added to the length of our days. I mean, we usually do four intense days when the tournament starts. Um, this year we did five because of the um, uniqueness of the schedule. Oh, that's cool. My, my apps, I, I graduated from app state. So we were, we were psyched to be wow. in the tournament and, and, and bummed uh, to not fall short of oh, great comeback. Yeah. Good fight. That was a great run. The, the Mountaineers had, man. And that's part of the joy of the tournament. Because again, alums mm-hmm. like you, your alma mater is part yep. of the field of 68. It just, it just uh, brings a level of excitement and joy because of your connection to, to the institution. So it's, uh, that's part of the magic. I think that's part of the secret sauce of the tournament in my, in my opinion. No, no question. And and so now we've got the, the sweet 16 set and, and I'm curious, is there a, a coach or a, a story that you're kind of, you're most happy about or, or most intrigued by heading into the sweet 16? 
there are always those, um, Bryce, as you well know, you get attached to teams and players yeah. and coaches for different reasons. And we get a chance through our work to interact with a lot of them. And um, Oral Roberts has been a team. Obviously, they beat my alma mater, Ohio State. But I had watched them a couple of weeks before the tournament and knew this would be a dangerous team. I actually had an interaction with this team during the summer after the mm. George Floyd death, the um, just senseless killing of George Floyd at the hands of mm. police officers in Minneapolis, um, a police officer, I should say. Um, and I got reached out to by a number of coaches um, mm. to talk to their teams. Obviously, Ohio State, I'm an alum there and live here in Columbus. But um, Paul Mills reached out to me um, and asked me to speak to his team around using their voice, having the perspective to engage in, in social justice and how you would try to handle that. Talked a little bit about um, the team and how you continue to focus in a really unique environment to try to be your best. So I actually had interaction with that group in a um, in somewhat of a non-basketball context. So to see that team do what it's done, the Golden Eagles into the Sweet 16, part of a historic uh, bracket, if you will, on Oof. that side of it. Just absolutely crazy when you look at the aggregation of seed numbers in that side of the Sweet 16. Unprecedented. But anyway, um, so, yeah, I was happy to see them. I have, you know, I, I, Michigan being a Big Ten guy, even though I'm an Ohio State guy, Juwan it's, Howard, to see him have the kind of success that he's had in just year two. And the way they play has really been enjoyable. And the Gonzaga Bulldogs have been a great story. Um, all season, I've had a chance to interact with Mark Few over the years. Terrific guy and coach. And it would be a great story to see them go undefeated. Scott Drew, I mean, I could actually highlight every team. All really, 16. In terms of um, direct interaction in one form or another. So I'm thrilled for all of the kids. But those are a few that um, may rise a little higher than the others just because of um, personal interaction and, um, and, and relationship. Absolutely. And, and I want to highlight one uh, a tweet that you had within the last week or so uh, where you said you learned early in your CBS Sports March Madness journey, being <laughs> surprised and wrong with my picks is to be embraced and enjoyed. And when yes. I'm occasionally right, it's more luck than any expert knowledge. And, and yeah. I think, you know, we as fans, you know, we're looking at you guys as the analysts and, and know that you're yep. following the sport closely all, all year long. And so we're ripping up our brackets after day one. So are you. But but instead of, oh, I got to stick to my bracket or I got to, you know, I've, I, the, the pressure to be right. I appreciate this approach. So so how long did it take you to, I guess you said early in your career, what, what led yeah. you to understand that perspective? Well, the, un the unpredictability of the tournament, Bryce. I mean, there are things that happen in the tournament, no matter how much you've analyzed and watched teams, you're looking at teams you don't, you've never seen. And you've watched them five or six times. And you've never seen them do what they do here. A guy who averages four points goes for 24. How Crazy. can you predict that? No. A team that's not good defensively all of a sudden is a demon at the defensive end of the floor. How can you predict that? Yep. A team that's been consistent and low in turnovers and excellent at the free throw line all of a sudden shoots 50% from the free throw line and turns throws the ball all over the gym. You can't predict this stuff. You basically yeah. evaluate on what the information has shown you and what your experience has guided you to believe, and then you make a guess as to what might happen. 
And sometimes it plays out the way you anticipate, but so many times, particularly in this event, the pressure, the expectations, the hunger of the underdog, the pressure that's on the favorite, all of these things, teams that have been disjointed, this year more so than ever because of COVID-related issues, but in the past, injuries to a key player, lack of pride, any number of things, and you don't know all of that stuff. Guys that may be playing but may only be 80% and they're not practicing. And that, you know, so many different things. So that's why Seth Davis, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Seth Davis, when he first joined, he came on board with us on the set during the Final Four, probably 2003 or four. And he's coming from a writing background, terrific writer, great guy, loving like a brother. And um, he's getting tied into wanting to be right with his picks. And I looked dead at him. I said, hey, if you're sitting up here beating yourself up about me being wrong, you're not going to last. That's right. 50%, 50% is good if you end up that way. Now, if you go 80% on the law side, that's that's a little heavy. But <laughs> you you got you to gotta at least understand that being right is not the objective here. It's fun. It makes you feel good. But that's not going to last because you're going to be wrong more than you're right if you're trying to pick these games. So that's, um, but it, for me, that's, that, that's, it, it hit me fairly early. I said, Hey, if you get them right, fine, but you got to know most of the time you're going to see some stuff that you haven't seen and you can't predict. That's right. So I, I want to parallel this, uh, to, to our, our faith journey. Uh, and I wrote about this for, I, I write a devotional called unpack this. And so on Monday I wrote about busted brackets and, and, you know, of course in the tournament, but then also in life and this idea that, you know, we try to plan out our life and we, we think I want this to happen and this to happen. And, and the sooner that we embrace that our little bracket that we write out for, for life is going to be busted, the more we can actually enjoy life and, and have, you know, peace and freedom in whatever, you know, God's will and whatever kind of unfolds. And that we can even root for the upsets when we're not clinging so tightly to what our bracket is. And, and so kind of your, you know, your perspective with, of course, the, the tournament bracket, but then also kind of your thoughts just on, on life and, and your experience, uh, just kind of understanding that, that truth as well. Man, I love whenever somebody, and in this case, you can connect something current to a biblical truth or principle, because I think it communicates well to the masses and to those in the household of faith when analogies can tie biblical principles to real life stuff. And the brackets are important to those of us who like college basketball. So sorry, I haven't seen it, but I can actually go track that devotional down. But I agree 100%. It's a lesson that's hard to learn and slow in learning. But Mm -hmm. the wheels of truth and justice, somebody once said, grind slow, but sure. Mm. And such is our walk too. It means We have to embrace truth as it's revealed to us. We have to continue to uh, intentionally let go of our own particular game plans. I just finished a book called An Unhurried Life, and it talks about Jesus being unhurried, relaxed, Mm. and ever fruitful. Mm. And I want to be there. Mm. And to be there, you have to take on some of the Um, characteristics that Jesus espoused, solitude and silence, um, Mm. allowing God to be your guide and not trying to have him affirm your map. Um, That was one of the things that resonated, which is something that it ties just into what you talked about. I mean, you've got your bracket and it's laid out, but sometimes you need the help of 
of God and you need to yield to God guiding you and you journeying with him as opposed to trying to get his approval of your map for direction. So um, really powerful and, and, and resonates personally with me currently because it's a constant challenge mm. and, and struggle for me in terms of um, just continuing to enjoy being present with the Lord and allowing him to be who he desires to be in and through you in all of the chat challenges, opportunities, blessings, uh, uncertainties that, that life is, is um, guaranteed to, to give us. That's right. We, we all experience upsets. There's no, no question about that. Um, it, well, so you mentioned the, the book an unhurried life who, who wrote that? I want to say it's Alan A L A N. And I think it's Fadling F A D L I N G. I think it's only one D okay. a friend of mine, okay. a dear friend of mine um, recommended it to me right at a time about three weeks ago as I was actually really starting to feel the busyness of this time of year yeah. in a little more of a unique way, in part because of COVID and um, some personal things that were going on and just recognizing that um, the abiding in the vine is really where the energy and the life is. And this was a good book at a good time for me to revisit from uh, this author's perspective of what um, being fruitful, even when you have to be busy, um, mm. looks like from the perspective and life of Jesus, looking at that unhurried, relaxed, but fruitful. That's a, that's a potent combination. Mm. And it's not something we can uh, get apart from the vine, Jesus. And so it was a really good, um, good reset for me to, um, to walk through. And it has probing questions that I've been thinking about and, and meditating on and i've got some practices that i think i want to that i will put into place as we move forward just to um, really um, hope to epitomize what that that looks like for me and it's different for each of us that True. unhurriedness and relaxed state in this in the, in the context and fruitfulness in the context of what god has given us and where he's placed us but it's um really the the abundant eternal life that that, that we're called to as, uh, as Christ followers. Amen. Amen. And cause I, I wrote that or I typed up one of your uh, tweets where you kind of paraphrased part of that book where you said lingering and loitering frequently with God is food for my soul helps me keep listening for something good from him and doing something good for him in proper balance. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Want to share that that with the listeners and uh, people can follow Clark on Twitter, Clark Kellogg CBS, uh, and so uh, some good good nuggets there as well. And and also looking at your uh, Twitter page, uh, we'll, we'll give a promotion for this. Uh, you and Christian Leitner are reliving some of the the most iconic moments in March Madness history, uh, and so all the details uh, can be found at, at his uh, Twitter account, Clark Kellogg CBS. So that's happening Thursday at six o'clock. Uh, so, so people can be a part of that, which is pretty cool. Capital one, I guess is a, a part of that. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Bryce. Appreciate you, you plugging that. And, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Christian, obviously yeah. one of the great players in the history of college basketball and, um, looking forward to that conversation with him, um, tomorrow evening. Very cool. That's Christian Leitner's Jersey. I've got hanging over there, the USA Jersey. So, uh, <laughs> nice. I, I'm, I'm nice. a, 
I'm a Duke fan as well. So that's, that's cool. But, uh, well, Clark, man, it's so, so great to have you on the show. Appreciate your, your heart. And, uh, and thanks for, uh, just bringing so much joy to, to March Madness and, and representing Christ the way that you do. And, uh, it's always so much fun having you here on unpacking it and we'll be watching uh, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Great to hang out with you. Just love having the conversation around, um, faith and, and hoops and love the way you present who you are and who Jesus is in the context of, of the platform you've been given. So, man, keep on doing that. Um, it makes God smile. Well, I, I appreciate that. A- absolutely. Well, there, there's Clark Kellogg, CBS College basketball analyst, joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Oh, man, there he is, Clark Kellogg, the legend. The legend as a dancer, but more importantly, as an analyst and a man of God. So, uh, man, what a great guy. And and so many cool nuggets to to pull away. I thought his thoughts on gratitude, really strong, always a good reminder, just to live with gratitude. Like, to to be the kind of person that is always grateful, that, that is aware of what's going on and being thankful for the blessings that are all around us and and, and not taking things for granted. Um, and, and I think that's for all of us this past year where so much was taken away from us that we do have this new appreciation for things, even sports, where we just we love the tournament even more now. We're, we're, we're thankful for it that we get to watch three games, four games at one time. We get to see the upsets, the buzzer beaters, the surprise surprising teams making it to the Sweet 16. It's all tremendous. Uh, but, the, but the one nugget that I did want to pull out and uh, unpack a little bit further, his, his comments on his, the book that he's been reading, The Unhurried Life, and, and it's something that, that I have continued to struggle with uh, just kind of throughout really my whole life, I guess, but uh, just the idea of busyness and, and allowing busyness to really distract me and, and cause me to be uh, restless and always on the go and, and not in the moment enough and and not pausing to be you know, aware of God's presence and and to spend that still quiet time in, in solitude and, and with with God and, and so I'll, I'll read that that tweet that that Clark that I shared on the show he said lingering and loitering frequently with God is food for my soul helps me keep listening for something good from him and doing something good for him in proper balance. And, and so I, I love that because I think I'm realizing that that I can get caught up in doing things for God. And and they're good things. I you know I'm I work in ministry and this is my life and so I want to do things for God. I want to do things for his glory. But but I have to do those things with him. And, and make sure that I'm getting the right guidance from him and the right strength and the right wisdom, the, the, the right discernment from him. Because if I'm just out doing things for him without him, then that's not the answer. And if I'm doing things for him without spending time with him and, and, and being filled by him, uh, then I'll run on empty. 
I'm running on empty. Even if they're good things for him, they're not as fruitful. They're not as um, impactful uh, because I'm trying to do things in my own strength. Even though I, you know, can get caught up, or in some ways, you know, you disguise things as being for God, but but sometimes at the the core, you're doing it for you, and you're trying to, oh yeah, this is for God, um, and so we have to be aware of that, and so that's why I love that lingering and loitering, where you're just being, you're you're just you're hanging, and and yeah, it's just awesome. I had lunch with somebody earlier this week, and we just we lingered at lunch, and part of me is like, oh, I got to get back and do something, um, I got to get back to work. And, and it, was a, it was such an encouraging time. It was with a pastor, and so it was a, a very fruitful and encouraging time for me, and it really did. That time with this pastor filled me up, but it's the same kind of thing when, when we just enjoy people. Uh, it's the same when we just enjoy God and we linger and loiter, uh, just hanging around, just hanging with God, enjoying Him, soaking it in. Uh, man, how cool is that? How, what, what a wonderful perspective. So I appreciate Clark sharing uh, some of that with us today. Uh, man. Just a wonderful, wise, encouraging guy, Clark Kellogg is. And, and you just watch him on, on TV, and he gives great analysis, but that's not who he is. That's not all, all that he's about. He's, 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 just, he's up there with joy and having fun, and I, I think he represents Christ in such a great way, uh, just on TV without even saying anything, but then he uses his platform so well. Very involved with Athletes in Action and other other sports ministries. So thankful that he was willing to be a part of this show once again. Great to have him on. It was the first time we had him on video. So you can go watch not only the funny dance video, but you can watch on our YouTube channel. You can see uh, him uh, in, in some of his interactions with us uh, here on the show. So thanks for listening today. As we wrap up, I always say uh, I'm Bryce and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you on Monday following the Sweet 16. Wow. We're getting, we're getting, yeah, the tournament's up and running. Here we go. Sweet 16 this weekend, Elite Eight. We'll, we'll break it all down. Actually, the Elite Eight's Monday, Tuesday, so we'll have to uh, preview that a little bit. Uh, on Monday's show, we do it live, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, uh, on Facebook and YouTube, and then here on the podcast after we do it, do it live. So we'll talk to you then. This has been the Unpacking It Podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.